Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Free Exchange, the CapEx podcast. I'm Oliver Wiseman, host of Free Exchange and editor of CapEx. We're back with an exciting slate of episodes featuring some of the most interesting politicians, policymakers, economists, authors and journalists grappling with the biggest questions we face today. To kick things off, we're bringing you a live recording of a CapEx event at Conservative Party Conference. It's on the term Global Britain and what it really means. It's a phrase ministers and Brexit supporters are fond of using when laying out their vision for Britain after it leaves the EU. But is it anything more than a soundbite? And if so, what should it mean for government policy? I was joined by three guests well-placed to answer these questions. Jim O'Neill is the economist famous for coining the term BRICS, who went on to work for George Osborne on the Northern, on the Northern Powerhouse. He now sits as a crossbench peer in the House of Lords, and earlier this year was appointed chair of Chatham House. My second guest was Lucy Neville-Rolfe. Lucy is a former businesswoman who is now a Conservative member of the House of Lords and who, like Jim, has been involved in economic policymaking, serving as Commercial Secretary to the Treasury under Philip Hammond until last summer. Last but by no means least was Bob Seeley MP. Bob is the Conservative MP for the Isle of Wight and a member of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. He's also a CapEx contributor. I got things underway by asking Lord O'Neill how it felt to be a Conservative minister quoted by Jeremy Corbyn in his party conference speech. <laughs> One of my greatest achievements in life. <laughs> uh, bizarre, but there you go. Obviously his advisors didn't read uh, the business section of the White Times last Tuesday, because their headline was very different uh, about what I was supposedly saying than a number of other places. But there you go, I shall leave that for people to pursue. Fair enough. but. Uh, if you want to kick things sure. off on Global Britain, then. Um, so thank you very much. It's very nice to be here. Uh, I guess we have a couple of minutes, so I'm just going to make uh, a few bullet points. Uh, the very first one, I apologise, is almost, well, it is sort of rude. Not, not for uh, public quotation, I guess, because I see some people from the media there. But um, I guess pe key people in this party, I, I have no affiliation to any political party, by the way, have to stop being dickheads really, <laughs> and saying such ridiculous things. It seems to be a particular uh, honour of whoever happens to be Foreign Secretary to say lots of really evidently silly things, but there you go. Uh, of more substance than that, um, first thing I would say is, uh, actually it's almost as daft, um, related to Brexit. Um, 
We need to have a trade policy that isn't just a policy in its own right. Uh, trade policy needs to be part of an overall uh, economic policy and not just an end in itself. Uh, I describe myself as an objective Remainer, but as I like to say to a lot of my Remainer friends, uh, we have been in the EU for 45 years and it hasn't stopped our productivity performance deteriorating relative to other places. So as good as it superficially is, it hasn't really dealt with that. And uh, second thing to say in that regard, um, somebody that uh, has Mr. Bricks stamped on the head, uh, you can do a lot of things in trade irrelevant of what kind of trade agreement you have. Uh, Germany, I love to say for now two years, uh, its number one trade partner in terms of imports and exports together has become China. And that is despite the fact they are in the EU. It exports more to China these days than it does to Italy. Uh, and all of that has happened because they happen to be good at stuff. Uh, and that's why, generally speaking, places that are showing rapid domestic demand growth and like stuff from places that are good at stuff, buy stuff from places that are good at stuff. And so for the whole of the future of the United Kingdom to be obsessed about trade deals, as essentially Brexit is, is, is kind of in the context of the first thing I said. It's kind of stupid. Uh, and in that regard, to emphasize again the third thing, is that uh, as important as that seems to seemingly endless people around here, it is not as important as doing something about our productivity performance, of which our trade policy should be seen as a part of, but not a goal in itself. Um, beyond that, there are huge things that the UK should be doing more of, and sadly, in my judgment, uh, since that wildly extensive 17 months of my experience as uh, a minister in this government, it seems to have dropped. And they are important things, whatever is the UK position with respect to the EU. Uh, global governance is a complete mess. Uh, and actually, I do find myself thinking, post-Brexit, as the UK searches for something of serious substance, uh, peculiarly, the UK may be able to engineer itself in a... In a a better independent objective position to help uh, grow the right appropriate better ways of global governance ranging from whether the G7 should even bother meeting anymore in my opinion no it shouldn't uh, but making the G20 more effective uh, whether we need flexible rules for some things fixed rules for others ranging from WTO and so on UK if it thought more cleverly and wasn't so distracted by the nonsense surrounding this political party, uh, should be in a better position because it is going to have a slightly different independent view, or should be able to. Uh, and then, uh, related to that, but also to the other things, uh, again, going back to a, an issue I focused on, and by the way, what I've just said and what I'm about to say are, are very important to me in my slightly new life as chair of Chatham House, a preeminent uh, international think tank which needs to think more carefully about how the past 20 years has developed, as do many <coughs> that have come through the international liberal order. Uh, but in, uh, as I said at a dinner there recently, uh, just ahead of Trump's visit, I believe that the UK needs to think more seriously about its golden relationship than just its special relationship. Uh, and 
Linked to what I just said about Germany and China, our uh, position with China in terms of trade is extremely weak, but we're in this very intriguing position where they uh, are very favorably inclined still towards doing a lot with us, despite actually the things that have happened in the past two years. And we don't seem to be paying a lot of attention to things like that, and it should change. And then the last couple of things to say, there are so many other examples I can give. Uh, I, uh, our DFID is uh, an entity that is, uh, despite considerable challenges about its, uh, uh, its circumstances, is an institution, from my experience, that is incredibly well respected all over the world. Uh, and its central role in ensuring uh, the 30 years of dramatic reduction in global poverty that has gone on the, the past 30 years, which many people seem to forget, uh, is at the centre of ensuring that the only parts of the world that have less than two dollars uh, a day to live on, Africa and South Asia, could be solved by 2030. And so the sort of thing the Prime Minister did by going to Africa, I suspect the first time ever, President Macron has been 13 times since he was elected President of France, that's the sort of thing she and other senior people should be doing all the time. Uh, another example which uh, really annoys the hell out of me, uh, antimicrobial resistance, uh, a review I led for David Cameron, probably the single most interesting professional thing I have ever done in my life. When was the last person in this cabinet say anything about that, which an issue two years ago this country owned as a major global agenda and something that is out there as the more genuine risk to global humanity, irrelevant of political party, colour or religion. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, do you have um, Now, I've got a great interest in history. And obviously, global Britain has been a reality for 200 years. With Jim, I think some, some very uh, vibrant periods, productivity increase in that period. Um, and I think with Brexit, the global perspective will uh, become more important rather than less important again. But I think one of my other messages is that many of the decisions we need to take to progress economically are wholly independent of Brexit. You wouldn't think that if you were at this conference this week. I mean, our knowledge, our talent, our enterprise, our language, our leading place, um, uh, it, doing business, um, uh, the time zone between Asia and America are the same with or without Brexit. So I believe that if you look ahead 10 years, uh, we'll still be a leading place to do business, unless, of course, we're unwise enough to have a Venezuela-like disaster under Jeremy Corbyn. Um, so what are the decisions we need? First, we should put Brexit behind us, either with an agreement, which I think there is... 70% chance um, uh, of a deal probably a bit more Canada the plus plus than Chequers, or if need be, and very much second best on WTO TO terms. Because the worst thing about Brexit is the uncertainty it has created. The weakness we display week in, week out on the world stage, and the way it crowds out all government initiative in other areas, which I'm very interested in. Second, we need to make Britain a popular place to do business by boosting competitiveness, international competitiveness again. And that doesn't just mean tax, 
uh, although that's important, and I'd be interested in your ideas because I'm going to be co-chairing a stream of work by the Conservative Policy Commission on how to re-energise our economy. But I think improving the climate as an ex-business uh, woman means improving our education system. Um, I think there's lots to discuss there. We need to boost infrastructure investment, which I thought Jim would talk about, especially in broadband and 5G, easing traffic pinch points, actually solving the housing problem. Um, I've got doubts about HS2 because I think it's poor value for money, but that's me as an economist. Um, and we need to support business by sorting out immigration sensibly and quickly. But the other key point I wanted to make is that services are 85% of our economy. We've got great international success with our legal firms, our accountants, our universities, the creative industries, you know, from the architects to Downton Abbey, which sells fantastically in China. Uh, my Uber driver in LA last week was uh, tuned into a channel wholly devoted to the Beatles. Um, and, and the future is digital and intangibles and intellectual property, which underpin creative in endeavor, are of enormous importance to future growth. Now, I discovered this when I was intellectual property uh, and single, digital single market minister um, at Biz. And I found that the grandest of doors uh, in China and the US were open because they knew we were onto something with this point about services and intangibles. And even where we manufacture now, the service and digital element is an ever more important component. Look at a modern washing machine, look at a car, um, and you know, services are given very little support by HMG. I'm not sure that what that's what tells us, but obviously a typical recent policy announcement is to bash our world-leading accountancy firms. So the next thing we need to do is to improve the public sector. Spending restraint is important, but we need to cut bureaucracy and not do too much virtue signalling and ill-drafted regulation. And we've got to have leadership from the top for this. So there needs to be more focus, I think, on business sense and efficiency and helping organisations, whether they're public or whether they're private, to get fit for the future. There's going to be another recession sooner or later, and we need to prepare for that, not drift. Finally, you know, the two other questions you asked, uh, Oliver, should we pursue closer trading relationships with Europe or third countries? I think we should do both. DEXEU and DIT have been vastly strengthened with lots of ministers, advisors, civil servants. They just need to get on with things um, or be replaced. And then on, our f on the final point that we discussed, soft power, I do think it matters enormously. Prime Minister downwards. Bilateral discussions um, on e economics, trade, security, culture, with China, with India, with the US, with uh, uh, other member states. All of that can help to lay the seeds of future prosperity. But they need to be incorporated into a vigorous, forward-looking programme of exactly the kind that Jim and, the, and I at the Treasury used to promote. We need that if global Britain is going to continue to be successful global Britain for many years to come. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Lucy. Um, um, is this wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Two minutes or, two minutes or five minutes. Whatever, whatever you, whatever you want minute, to do. I'll do it in a minute if you want me to. Five okay. minutes is fine. Um, hello, thank you so much indeed for being here. I have a huge privilege of being the Member of Parliament for the Isle of Wight. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do. I should make three points very briefly just to kick off and so we can get more reaction from you. Firstly, when it comes to the point that Jim talked about, uh, about um, people undermining each other and bitching about each other, I'm so fed up with it because if we do this for another six months uh, we will be past that point of no redemption with the British public and we deserve to get absolutely hammered in the media and the electoral system and we will do so we need to stop talking about Bre we need to Brexit's important but we need to do Brexit and frankly get on with everything else one of which is Global Britain there's a lot of domestic stuff too we do need to flesh out what Global Britain is there is still, I'm on the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, you say to a foreign minister or the foreign minister what is Global Britain and they will waffle. Thus far it amounts to a, new, a half dozen extra pennies in Papua New Guinea. I think it, we need a little bit more thought. So three points. We need to integrate our foreign and overseas policy much more, including with domestic as the two previous speakers have said. We have the FCO, we have DFID, we have Defence, we have DIT, we have the Cabinet Office, we have Number 10, we've got a bunch of spook agencies. They don't talk to each other enough. They don't talk to each other strategically in the UK, and they're much better at working at ground level now, certainly in bigger embassies, where I was a couple of weeks ago in China. They're, they're getting there as sort of collective teams, but they're not there yet. I would restructure all these government departments. So the policy making sits in a, an invigorated FCO, policy implementation that sits in the individual departments and at the bottom you have joint effects teams in all or as many of the embassies as possible and if the ambassador in Rwanda comes from DFID and not the FCO no bad thing. Next we need to rebalance spending. I don't think it is moral that we are currently spending 0.7% on the OSCE definition which is not a good definition on overseas aid. We need our own definition of overseas aid um, and I'm happy to stick to that 0.7, but we have to define it so that military peacekeeping operations come under that definition, so that the entirety of the BBC World Service, TV and radio, comes under that definition. And thirdly, I think we need to champion a new global leadership. We need a role, and that should be for three things. Freedom of trade, so I disagree with Jim. We have a lot of interest with China and not many values. One of the interests we have is trade, trade, trade. The Americans have lost their role as a free trade bastion because of Donald Trump. 
we can take that mantle of the one nation in the Security Council that is committed to free trade. And we can do what we can to push through a new round of WTO and at least get that as an excuse to talk to people all over the world. We will champion WO, so freedom of trade, freedom from oppression, so we become the global nation that seeks to banish slavery and indentured labour, as we did 200 years ago when the Royal Navy trashed the slave trade off the West African coast. Thirdly, freedom of expression, a revamped World Service TV and radio and a cultural and values offer that isn't about us wagging a bony little finger at people and saying, aren't we morally self-righteous? because we're nice to trans people and everyone can get married, doesn't matter if they're homosexual or heterosexual, but actually live by a set of coherent values so that we become a beacon to women, to disabled people, to people from whatever race and religion, that actually this is a really good place because we value all of humanity equal in its dignity. So those are just three ideas that we should be doing. So rebalance, reintegrate, and become the global leaders in three critical areas for mankind in the next 50 years. Thank you. Okay, well, there's, uh, there's obviously a lot, uh, a lot in there. Um, I'd like to start by asking um, the panel about um, today's uh, immigration announcement uh, in this context. I think that um, uh, Global Britain, if it, as, as long as it's a vague idea, can kind of mean whatever someone wants it to mean, and, and, and politicians aren't necessarily that honest about the trade-offs involved um, uh, in delivering Global Britain. So do you, um, the panelists, see tension there in terms of the consequences of a taking a certain approach on immigration when it comes to our attitude to the rest of the world. I don't know who, whoever wants to. Um, two things about it. It's broadly speaking, because it's seen the tone of what the PM has said seems to be following the Migration uh, Advisory Council, as they call. Uh, it looks to me rather sensible. We need to make sure, broadly speaking, we need to make sure we get the best skilled people from anywhere in the world. Uh, but we need to be tougher about so easily taking unskilled people. Um, so it makes sense. Second thing I would say, uh, well there's two parts of the second thing. I hope, and this goes to the underlying tone of my opening comments, that, that this government doesn't just say things as it seems to do quite often and it actually doesn't. Uh, I, I deliberately didn't talk about domestic policy stuff because it was about global Britain, but I could bore you for hours about the number of stupid things that are said that they don't follow through on, on domestic policy, uh, but it's true with this one. Uh, the second most substantive thing is that um, uh, I, I hope more people, with the help of the media, start to realise that you know, we, the last year or so, the, the immigration from the rest of the world continues to rise sharply. Uh, ironically, as the immigration from Europe falls sharply. So, you know, as much as that's been central to the Brexit debate, and probably the major substantive issue behind why people voted to leave, in my view, uh, we need to be sure that something like what's been announced is actually implemented, in my view. Well, I would so agree that the devil is in the detail of all of these, and I haven't yet managed to look at the devil of today's announcement. Um, but I think that it's right to bring in rules that apply across the board, both to e EU and non-EU, so that's a step in the right direction. We've actually done something and said something. Um, I think there is an issue about the transition on unskilled workers, people like, um, you know, people who are picking strawberries and 
and so, and so on. So you have got to find a way through for those until you can skill up our economy. And I was also very pleased to see that the apprenticeship levy is going to be looked at because I think it's actually led to fewer people being trained to the level that you see in places like Germany and Switzerland where I've worked. Um, so the, all of those things. So, so yes, a step in the right direction, but as with Brexit, let's, let's get on and do it efficiently, effectively and, and well. Um, I, I think we need very low, uh, low caps for, or no, mm. what's the word, very tight caps for, for unskilled labour because mm. we need to train up our own people. Yeah. There's no point importing people with PhD from Poland to serve you coffee, as charming and lovely as they are. You know, we need to, we need to work on getting our own people better trained. If you've got a PhD, good expertise, if you write computer software, then frankly, Britain has to become the global centre of excellence for people who want quality of life, who value freedom in all its capacities, in all its different facets, and actually want something and want to really uh, contribute to, to the future of the globe. So, yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.